Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hit row. Hit row. Hit, hit row. Hit row. Hit row. <laughs> oh, back. Let's go. Also, we didn't rehearse that. Not Literally, even a little bit. Not even a little bit. We just went live and said, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, hit row. And then we just did that. Wow. L-I-W. We're so in sync. Hello. Welcome to the Rest Stop Podcast review of SmackDown and Rampage. I'm Chopper Piquado. I'm joined by your jam that champion, Tempest, who also just realized he couldn't use Face ID after he put his mask on on his phone, which was very funny. True story. <laughs> uh, send in your ultra chats at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support to go through all your ultra chats later on. All the ones that are five US dollars and up by the time the show goes off the air. But for now, we're going to start talking about Hit Row, who came back on SmackDown. Uh, so this was uh, reported beforehand, I believe, by Fightful Select, saying that they were in talks of potentially coming back um, and that they were going to be at SmackDown this week. It was unclear whether B-Fab was going to be with Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adonis. And we saw on this episode, she was. Uh, we just had, it just came to a segment where there were just a couple of enhancement talent guys in the ring. Uh, Pat McAfee had his little... Uh, scribbly thing again where he could draw on the screen that he had last week the football player CP. yeah 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 which worked last week because he was breaking down the play of kicking baron corbin in the balls uh and that was like a, a funny thing this one was like here are people that's yeah. that's that's it that's the whole thing thankfully it was short Yes, thankfully it was short, and it didn't go for five minutes like it did last week. That's not an exaggeration. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he just said, well, they don't know who they're facing. They come here to WWE, and they don't know who they're going to be facing. And then the music hits, hit row, etc., which is a great theme song that I've missed dearly. Uh, and it's great that it actually has the hit row in it, because for a while, for that one week after B-Fab got released, they then took the B-Fab part of the song out of it. Yeah. So it was just... Hit row, hit row. <laughs> Silence. It's bad. Uh, so they got the full theme song back, and it is the three of them. No swerve, obviously, because he's an AEW and current AEW tag team champion. Uh, but it is the trio of them of Ashanti, the Adonis, Top Dollar, and B-Fab came out. Uh, hit row, obviously, very dominant squash match in this one. And I think there is something missing with swerve not there. I felt like something was a little bit off from their presentation just because we are used to seeing swerve with them that's just the the dynamic that we're used to but 
I still think they are very good. They yeah. still came out with that level of charisma They're that we fell in love with. Team. Incredibly charismatic uh, trio. And I think that is why we kind of fell in love with the quartet of them originally is because of that level of charisma. And Swerve helped with that, but these, they are still very, very good by themselves. And I hope this was a great showcase of that level of charisma that we can come to expect from Hit Row. Yeah, it was a really good reintroduction mm. because they didn't really get a chance to do anything on the main roster last time. Lord knows B-Fab was on the show like once and then was released and then the others were on, on there like maybe two more times after yeah. that. So you really never got a chance to know who Hit Row were. Mm. And this was a really good shot to just have them do a quick squash. You get to establish what their finish is going to be. A much better finish than the one they were using in NXT with Ashanti coming off the top rope that they can never time right. Mm -hmm. And then they got to cut little promos just introducing who they are and why you should care. And it was just simple pro wrestling done right with yep. people that I am excited to see again. And that's the thing with this presentation is the main thing you need to get across was their charisma, which they did through their entrance and the promos afterwards. But also it gave you something to latch onto on the in-ring stuff as well. They had a couple of really cool impressive spots. They had Ashanti the Adonis doing a move and then a little kip-up afterwards that looked very smooth. You had uh, Top Dollar uh, doing the, the body slam and fireman's carry position at the same time with two guys. It's like there's exciting things to latch onto for casual fans who don't know who are what Hit Row can do. And they just look at it and they go, oh, that's fun. It's just like that surface level instant thing to get you to care about a new act. You yeah. need that, that initial thing to just go, oh, okay, right. I get why I should care about these people. And I think they did a very good job at displaying their strengths. Like we were talking about on the WrestleTalk podcast episode that went up yesterday, the new format we've got, the Blackpool Content Club. Uh, we were saying how something that Triple H is very good at is noticing people's strengths and weaknesses and enhancing the good things and downplaying the negative things. And I think this was a very good portrayal of all of Hit Row's positives. Good. I completely agree. I will be very interested. I, again, have my reservations about... You know what this group can and will be without Swerve as the as the focal point, but these guys have a lot of charisma, mm. and Top Dollar, for all credit, has done a very good job on the indies of continuing to work and continuing to improve. So I'm not like it's not like they're coming fresh off NXT where it's like ooh they're all still they could use a little bit more time and that sort of thing. I think that they could go very far under Triple H on the main roster. They really don't have too much to inhibit them at this point, and it will just be a sense of of hiding the weaknesses and accentuating the strengths, like you said Triple H is good at. So this, again, is another set of former stars returning that I can be excited about and can start to think about what are they going to do? What are we going to see out of these guys? Are, are Top Dollar and Ashanti going to... Go for the tag titles or something like that. All of a sudden, now there's a bunch more tag teams in WWE. There's a new faction. There's there's a new, I don't know if BFAB's going to wrestle very often, but there's a new voice. There's a new manager, possibly. There's a lot to get excited about, and there's plenty of possibilities what they could do here. 100%. And at the very, very least, like you just said, it's just another tag team to mix it up with people, and it just makes stuff more fresh when you have much more possibilities, especially for the tag division, because... It's been a little bit stale for a little while. Well, uh, you don't like the tag division of the Usos and the Street Profits. Full is, stop. Is there literally anybody else? Well, there's like the Viking Raiders and Los Lotharios. Sure. But like, I mean, Los Lotharios were never on TV apart from like this sure. week. This was like a shock return. for the, That's what I should have done for the thumbnail. Yeah. Shock return and it's the Los Lotharios at a backstage segment. Yeah. Sure, people would have loved it. Um, yeah, it's like... And then you have... But the, the thing with the tag division is it all feels very like... Um, 
disparate. Like, it doesn't feel like it's a cohesive tag division. Right. It feels like you have, like, a maybe, like, a singles feud between one person from a tag team and another person from who's just a single star featuring the other tag team partner or like it's always like a weird dynamic between tag feuds i feel like you, you try to tell me the wwe hasn't put focus on their tag division the last two decades it's insane like i don't know what to tell you um so yeah so i i'm hoping that this kind of gives it a bit more focus because it always feels like even if people are feuding in a tag team feud it never feels like it's to build to well i want to go for the tag titles and you're in my mm. way kind of thing it's always just like a, i don't like you for reasons i just don't right. and then that's it it never feels like it's a we need to climb the ladder of the tag team division to get to the titles the titles mm. never feel like the most important thing unless it's a feud about the tag titles um but i'm hoping now with the inclusion of teams like hit row that will change and i'm very excited for it yeah and yeah. i want to give a, a shout out to to what top dollar said on twitter uh either today <laughs> or last night where he basically said Y'all, you don't need to fantasy book every black free agent as our new leader. Yeah. We're not accepting applications <laughs> at the moment. I didn't see Which that tweet. I thought That's amazing. Was, I thought it was pretty funny. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people say, like, oh, we need to have Leo Rush as the new leader or, or Carmelo Hayes as the new leader or whatever. And I think uh, it's worth noting that Top Dollar would like everyone to pump the brakes on that. Yes, I think that's also very smart because I think they in their little uh, promos that they did after the match where they kind of reintroduced themselves, it's almost like word for word from their NXT yeah. introduction promos that they did. Uh, they kind of called themselves the OG3, uh, which I don't think is a name <laughs> change, as I've seen some other people saying. I don't think it's a name change because the whole music is hit row you know it's that's that that's the thing i think that's just the, the nickname we're like you know blackpool okay. content club yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> it's just the name of it's just like their nickname we're we're hit rome with the og3 like that's just a, a thing yeah um so I, yeah i forgot why i brought that up but it was worth noting i think uh they're, they're, ve a, they're, they're very good their introduction promo and yes being similar to to nxt and such mm. Still don't know why no, I brought it up, but <laughs> I re there was a point I wanted to make about the OG3 with them saying it. Can't remember what it is, though, so okay. I'll just let it go, and I'll bring it up maybe 20 minutes later once I've remembered. And maybe. I'll just interrupt you in the middle of a sentence and be like, ah, I remember what it is now, and then I'll do that, and then I'll... See, I was hoping if I just did it then, then I'd, I'd trigger my brain into thinking what it actually is, and I didn't. Never works when you try and do it intentionally. I know. So. No, it sucks. Ah, no. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, this was just a very, very small part of the show, but I think a very effective part of the show. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Shall we see what you guys think? Let's get into doing some of your ultra chats here. Uh, we've got none about Hit Row. Ah, well. Um, but uh, send those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. All the ones that are five US dollars and up we'll talk about by the time the show goes off the air. Uh, Marcel Art said, Apples. This episode of SmackDown was my first in over two years. With Triple H taking over and Walter versus Knack, I wanted to give it another try. Maybe I'll be back on occasionally, but what is Raquel doing with her shoulders? Why is she smiling so much? It's strange. That's her character. Has back. That's it. That's She just does that. Yeah. It uh, is yeah. really annoying. Yeah. You know? It feels very WWE-rific. Mm. It's like when I'm watching, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, ESPN did like a documentary on uh, NXT like way back when, like 2013 mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. it was like Xavier Woods and Corey Graves and mm -hmm. Adam Rose and that sort of thing. Was it Breaking Grounds? Was that that one? No, no, uh, no. That was on the network, which was also that was great. An, that was it was just one. like an ESPN one sure, where they yeah, followed yeah. those guys. Behind the curtain or something. Yeah, I yeah. think it was behind the curtain. And it showed them like, piecing together wrestlers' entrances and, mm. like, coming up with them. And I was like, this is so inorganic. Mm. It's like, okay, and then you, no, 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 you hold the lantern here. And you, I'm just like, oh, my God. It felt like this every time I watch Raquel come out and just like, okay, now I got to do my back thing. No one would ever do this. <laughs> it just feels very formulaic. Yes. It's not important at all, but... Uh, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Marcel continues to say, also, the piped-in cheers make me physically sick. They just feel wrong. I feel like it's worse now that I remember it from the pre-Thunderdome era. Worse than in a sitcom. I don't know. Well, maybe, but you ever watch those uh, bits where they take, like, Big Bang Theory and remove the laugh track? My God, it's so unfunny, <laughs> isn't it? Goodness me. I brought that up before and people got on me. Get out of here, chat. We're not talking about Big Bang Theory. Nope. Not Moving doing on. it. Uh, Evan, I'm assuming that's supposed to say Kevin. 
probably. Maybe. Said, because uh, it's the only person I know that Ultra Chat's in that <laughs> has all caps. Uh, Madcap Moss was like, hey, that's the guy who tried to kill me with a sword. Let's join him. I forgot about that. I really liked Drew's promo at the beginning, but I felt they could have done uh, better with the whole night angle. I mean, we'll talk about this more later when we mm. get onto it. But TLDR, yeah. That, I agree. Um, Ket says, uh, I watched some of Karrion Cross's takeover matches to see if he was any good. Oh, geez. At best, he's average, and at worst, he's boring in the ring. The fact he's in the main event picture has me worried. I feel like we got another gender situation. I think that's harsh. I think it's harsh. I think it's also kind of apples to oranges. I agree. Jinder's problem was that he only knew how to wrestle an opening match. Yes, and also the fact that he was always portrayed as a jobber and always lost well, matches yes. until they suddenly just went, he's WWE champion. Right. Like, in terms of the presentation, yes, that yes. was a much bigger issue. Yeah. But in terms of, like, the bell rings, mm. it's that he only had one style of match, yeah. and it was the same match he'd done his entire career, and he never developed into a main event wrestler. Mm -hmm. Karrion Cross is just kind of clunky. Yeah. You know? And I think occasionally that can work when stuff looks a bit like, you know. There's ways to hide that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when stuff doesn't quite look, like, clean, it can sometimes add to the presentation right. of a thing. I don't know if that's how Cross is going to work on the main roster, but we'll, we'll see, you know? Maybe things have changed in the last year. Who knows? Um, we'll, we'll give him a chance, I think. You know what? We're going to let it play out. We will let it play out. See, I did. The, I said the thing. You get what you want now, Everyone must, must be happy with me now, because I'm letting something play out in WWE. Say the line, oh. Pete. <laughs> Um, Mayor of Painsville, Dan, said, Hey guys, how you doing? I hope you're having a great 100k time, Pete. Thank you. Yeah, my Roman Reigns isn't working video essay just hit 100,000 views, which Woo! is amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, I think they need to re-record the Hit Row theme, though. It's heavily, uh, sorry for the lack of a better term, bastardized in the version they have now. Was it is a different it? version? Was it? I didn't even notice that it, if I it was a different version. I, I was watching on double speed, so who yeah. knows? Um... Uh, I like them. Gunther is king. Walter's king. Well, well, Walter's king. Walter's I, I, king. I see that says yeah. Walter is king. I, yeah. I don't recognize that other name. Mm, yeah, who possibly knows what that is? No. Uh, Jack Nichols says, The state of Carrion's hair. Last year, it took Baron Corbin six weeks to look that tragic. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's waiting for you to run a Manscaped promo code. Uh, all joking aside, I'm happy to see him back and hit row returned. Awesome. Jam that jam. LIW for life. Thank you so much. Let's talk about the rest of SmackDown, which started Tempest with a match. Yeah. The show started, said we're getting right into the action, continuing the women's tag title tournament. I was like, hell yeah. More of this. It. More of this, please. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah taking on Shotzi and Zaya Lee. Um, it was fine. It was a match. It was a match. It was okay. Uh, I didn't have anything to really complain about in this one. They got given a little bit of time. I thought the action was good. Was solid. Uh, Sonia Deville and uh, Natalia came out because they were scouting because they were looking to potentially face them after they have faced Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. So they were scouting competition. They got beaten up by both teams, which I thought was quite good. And Raquel won in the end. I thought I had some decent action towards the end as well. I had a fun finish. It was good. Yeah, I, it was like, good. I like Raquel's finisher anyway, and yeah. there's often good ways to get in and out of it. Mm. You know, it's a more creative transition finisher than I've seen a lot of other people have. So. 
Yeah, I mean, this was a totally inoffensive match. Yeah, and I thought it was good. Once again, it's a bit more focus placed on the women's division as a mm -hmm. whole, which is good. It's these little things that are going to pay dividends down the line yeah. when you start caring about the whole division a bit more. I like when they do these kind of tournaments and they do one match a week. Mm. It just gives everything a little bit more of a chance to breathe. Yeah. It gives, like like you said, Natalia and Sonia a, a chance to be on the show in a way that furthers the next match. Yeah. There's just there's more possibilities that you can do when you have a, a story or a tournament like this take longer. If you take your time, it will be better most of the time. Yeah. Um, after that, we got a, a recap, video recap of Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross from last week. Karrion Cross then cut a promo, which I thought was solid. Mm -hmm. um, it was just basically like, I've been waiting for a year, TikTok Roman, etc. I'm going to beat people up. Uh, just stop talking about the bloodline. Let's talk about the timeline and stuff like that. Um, he was cutting this promo backstage in a spooky, dark area of the backstage. Smoke effects. And, ooh, spooky. And then after he did his promo, it just kind of panned across. And it was like he was like stalking Drew McIntyre. He was about to make his promo. Uh, about to make his entrance. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> so Slightly pulls me out of this. So, yeah, so who set up this little area? Right? Someone <laughs> has to make that for him. Like, can you imagine... Alistair Black is sitting in his little dark room reading his book and he's all spooky. He's got his glasses on. He's turning. He's talking about the Dark Father. And then over just around the corner, he's like, Hey, you guys shut up over there! Trying to read my book! Because it's just backstage. There's someone just making a ruckus. Xavier Woods is playing his switch around the yeah, corner or something, yeah. you know? He actually just walks past in the back of the shop. just like yeah. playing a switch, whatever. Oh, God, yeah. Like... It's obviously, we know it's backstage and it's a bit goofy <laughs> and it's whatever, but when you literally show, like, the transition between this is dark spooky room, actually it's just backstage, you're just like, ah, it's, it's a bit of a like weird a disconnect. It's kind of like a fourth wall type thing, right, you know? Yeah. It pulls you out of it. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, I, I thought it was a weird disconnect between the... It's it's not supernatural. Karen Cross isn't supernatural, but it has more like cartoonish vibes. He's spooky. Yeah, kinda. he's spooky. Um, versus kind of like the realism that Triple H likes to have, and it, I think he's very good at it. Like we saw with the whole Dexter Loomis uh, show long right. story playing out, he's quite good at that sort of realism kind of thing. And I thought it was just a weird disconnect between the two, but I I like having both of them just not together. I think is the is the the key here. Something about a really like intense, spooky, heavily produced segment, and the guy just walks off the set into the rest of backstage. <laughs> just there's a disconnect for me there. Yeah, it's just a weird. Yeah, like, yeah, it just doesn't quite uh, gel. But Drew McIntyre then made his entrance. Gang, he doesn't have a sword. It's getting better already. The sword Triple is H. gone. Triple H, you're saving the show. Vince retired and he was like, I want my sword back. <laughs> Kimmy. <laughs> so he doesn't have a sword anymore, which I'm so happy about because it was such a distraction all the time. It always got in the way of stories and it set up expectations that they could never pay off. Yeah. So just like, get rid of it. There's no point in it being there. If you ain't going to use it to cut a man in half, just don't do it, right? Yeah. And he can, like, he can beat up people backstage now without having to, like, swing a sword at them and have them run away. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be these weird choreographed spots where he has to cut a rope or whatever, yeah. you know? It's stupid. Um, I thought Drew cut a wonderful promo. I really here. enjoyed this promo. Really liked this promo because, one, it referenced WWE continuity. Always a big fan of that. 
the fire that he showed as part of it and the charisma was really, really good. He felt much like more natural and loose with his, with his promo style. And he was saying how Roman Reigns, the last time he faced Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, he needed all the tools. He needed the Usos. He needed to sacrifice the wise man. He needed everything to beat Brock Lesnar. But Drew McIntyre went in at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar and he beat him with his bare hands. I'm coming for you, Roman. I was like, I believe that you can win. Yep. Genuinely, from those couple of lines, I was like, yeah, Drew McIntyre could totally win, which is great. That's exactly the point of this thing is to sell me on the match. And that's exactly what it did. Yeah. Great promo. I, I think you kind of nailed it right there. Like th we have not seen very many promos like this where it's just like, you know, there's just a goal, set up the match, mm -hmm. make people want to see the match, then deliver the promo so well that that actually comes to pass. Mm -hmm. It's not something you see often in WWE, at least pre-Triple H. And I'm hoping that we get more of this. Because I don't know why it all of a sudden became, like, taboo to just, like, yeah, you've got the belt, and I'm going to beat you for it, and I want to win, you know. That, like, that's really effective yeah. every time you do it. Yeah. You, you kind of have to, like, play with it a little bit, depending on who's saying it, to make the promos themselves unique. But, yeah, yeah it's just, it's effective. And I really, I really enjoyed it. Drew McIntyre, I'm hoping now we'll just be able to let the reins off and not have to feud with, you know, the Baron Corbins and Mad Cat Mosses and Jinder Mahals of the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um interrupting this uh promo was carrying cross's music scarlet came out to the ring uh, and using that distraction the usos came out and attacked drew mcintyre and they actually i was fully expecting them to start beating down mcintyre he'd come back and then he'd stand tall and be like roman i'm coming for you because mm. that's what drew always does and that's what the usos always do they always get beaten down regardless of who the person is the usos beat up drew mcintyre and then they hit the finisher and they laid him out. And I was like, it's like they're the tag champions or something. <laughs> this is great. Um, which keep is really that good. energy. Um, you keep that energy. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's really good. The Usos are being portrayed really well. They then said off mic again, plus, plus one, off mic talking to Scarlet and said, if Karen Cross comes out, we're going to put him down because this is bloodline territory. Scarlet then responded off mic and said, that's funny. Karen Cross has the same message for you. I was like, that's really good effective effective short storytelling and it feels more real because they don't have to pick up a microphone to say it they're just mm. yelling across at scarlet and she's just talking back kind of thing it's just it felt everyone involved i felt came out of this segment better than when they went in i agree this was a very natural segment from start to finish yeah 100%. and it kind of continued into the backstage bit too mm. yeah which we might as well talk about now yeah uh where Sami Zayn went to go uh, speak to the Usos. He said, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking. But then he just gets blindsided. Uh, the Usos in particular just get blindsided by Drew McIntyre, who just says, I'm going to beat you guys up. I'm just going to keep doing this. You get, keep getting in my business. Uh, and Sami Zayn had kind of run away from that interaction, which we'll talk about later. Um, we had, in between those two segments, we had a, a video package for the Intercontinental title to talk about how important this belt is. Good video package, a meaningful video package that's Very not good. just, here's every single thing that happened on the show last week and on Raw. Yeah. Like, it, 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 again, I don't I don't care if you have video packages. Just make them, like, meaningful. Mm. And this was one that was, like, I absolutely loved it. I was hoping they were going to do this after seeing the United States Championship one on Raw last week. Yep. Big thumbs up. Yep. Big fan of this. This made me 
way more excited for the main event match. It was good because I was like, oh, they're, oh, they're going to take it seriously. Great. Yeah, I'll exactly. Pay attention then. It makes me feel like they're going to take the Intercontinental Championship seriously, which was then backed up by the main event. Yeah, sure was. The yeah. main event was great. We'll talk about that later. Uh, we then had the uh, Viking Raiders came out. It was going to be Kofi Kingston versus Ivar, but Kofi came out the entrance and again fired up Kendo Stick, started beating down on the Viking Raiders, but couldn't overcome the odds. They came back. It's like they're a tag team and a two-on-one beatdown. Crazy how that works. Uh, they came back and started using their shields to protect him and then kind of beat Kofi with them. Then Ivar did a splash from the barricade onto the stage, which was really cool. And once again, it's another thing that we spoke about in the podcast episode yesterday. Go watch the episode. Uh, was that if you're doing a beatdown and the heels are standing tall, you can do something to make it look exciting. Mm -hmm. And this was different yeah it's nice it's just a tiny little detail because they could have just hit him with a shield and then walked off and you'd have gone all right but the fact that ivan went up to a barricade did a splash on the stage you're like oh that looked like that hurt that's, i don't that's, see that on yeah, every show i don't see that all the time that's unique that's good keeps me interested and also i think it's worth pointing out i could be wrong here i was trying to pay attention so i, I may have missed this i don't think that they were new or vicious <gasps> I think that they were just kind of announced as the Viking Raiders and spoken about as such. I don't think they were new or vicious, but according to Pat McAfee, they were smelly, disgusting, well, horrible, yeah. terrible people, which... That's not branding, though. That's just yeah. weird WWE. Yeah, isn't? that's just stupid stuff. Uh, <laughs> but yes, fingers crossed they're not new or vicious, but I'm sure Chad will correct us if uh, if they were. Uh, we then had the Sami Zayn backstage segment. We had the Hit Row debut after that. Uh, we got a quick mention of Gene LaBelle passing away. Um, and then we got a recap of the gauntlet match from last week. Um, and then we're going to have the contract signing between Liv Morgan and uh, Shayna Baszler. But before that contract signing can get underway, Ronda Rousey turns up through the crowd. Again, tiny little plus one. She didn't come out with her music because mm -hmm. she's supposed to be suspended. She just walked out through the crowd and it looked like a very natural shot because the camera was just showing you the ring and it's like here's a contract sign it's going to happen in a minute and ronda just walks into the shot she wasn't like you know they didn't follow her through the crowd with a camera or anything like that it was just she walked into the shot and they went oh god ronda's here now okay uh change the camera and let's move it around there it felt more natural these are tiny little details but they really do make a difference because this felt a lot more like natural and real mm -hmm. um she came in with a big bag she said she was fined a lot of money so she turned over the bag and it's a load of money she goes i've dealt with it there you go um, and I've always loved that wrestling angle. The world's greatest tag team did it in Ring of Honor like 12 years ago. Don't ask me how I remember that, but I liked it. Just be like, yeah, you're going to find me? Here's some money. Now I'm what? ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. And she says, I'm still suspended. I know I'm not supposed to be here. Then security came out to escort her away. And she was like, fine, let's see that how, how that ends for you. Drops the mic, gets out, and then doesn't really do much kind of threw one person to the ground and then they were like no you need to go and she was like okay all right and then walked off <laughs> which didn't quite match up with her words but she you know a, she had a, a really good line in here i thought mm. uh she said like something along the lines of uh being the baddest is expensive yeah you know yeah. but i forget what the payoff line was yeah yeah, like, yeah you know but I can cover it or something. It was a better line than that. Yeah. But I was just like, ooh, I don't usually get good Ronda Rousey lines, but yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Props to you, Ronda. Speaking of good Ronda Rousey lines, mm -hmm. as she's leaving, Shayna Baszler comes out to kind of confront Ronda Rousey. And she's saying, like, you can't, you can't be doing this. It's not how this works. You need to play by the rules to get what you want. Like, play, essentially, like, play the system. Yeah, you got to play the game. Play the game to get what you want. And Ronda just looks at her and goes, you used to be a killer. And then walks off. 
And I'm like, ooh, love ooh, it. Ooh, that's spicy. I like that. I don't know whether this is leading to a feud or a tag team, but Both either are way, awesome. either way, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Because again, I, as I said on our Wrestle Talk podcast number one yesterday, as part of the Blackpool Content Club, I said that one of the ways that I possibly would have booked this tag tournament was with Ronda and Shayna as a team. Mm-hmm. Good way to circumvent that is if you do some sort of build and story to them being a team or being opponents or something like that. Either yeah. way, I like interaction with those two. Mm-hmm. I think I think they will bring out the best in each other. I hope that they become a tag team because after this women's tag title tournament is done, you're going to need more women's tag teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good thing for Ronda to do, to not kind of gum up the SmackDown women's title scene because that needs a bit of a, a refresh and a change and have Liv Morgan go on a bigger run and stuff like that. So I think that's a really good thing for her to do, to team up with Shayna and go on the, the women's tag title run or maybe just get, get to challenging that. I think that's a good thing for her to do. So I'm 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 in for this. Mm-hmm. This should be good. I'm interested in seeing if this will be like a slow burn. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like if we get moments like this every week or every other week and they build to something subtly. Mm. Oh. Oof. The times they are <laughs> changing. <laughs> Woo! Subtle storytelling. Who's this? Um Shayna Baszler then signed the contract, did a little promo saying she's going to break Liv's arm and all that stuff. A good promo. It was a good I promo. It's good fiery promo. Good I liked it. promos on this show. Yeah. Liv uh, came out, signed the contract. I felt it was less convincing what she said. I think her line was good, but I just don't feel like she delivered it quite right. Called her a bootleg Ronda Rousey, which I was like, it's a good line. Um, and then uh, she's kind of just being like, you know what? I've beaten Ronda Rousey. You're just a bootleg version, so I know I can beat you. And I'm going to beat you at Clash of the Castle, which is being not, like, arrogant, but a bit, like, she's confident. Yeah. And she's, like, holding up a title, and she's like, yeah, I can totally win. Goes to walk up, and Shane is like, no. Grabs her arm, and is like, <laughs> and just starts beating her arm. <laughs> I thought it was quite good. Um, so then she starts beating down on Liv's arm. Does a lot of, like, Smith does, like, the, the elbow stomp that she always does. Starts beating it down more and more and more. Liv Morgan just manages, though, when she goes into the corner, she tries to do a repeat of a spot, just manages to reverse that into a bulldog through the table, and Morgan, like, just gets out, which was a really nice spot, and I didn't see it coming, and I thought it was very well done. I felt like Shayna needed this moment to stand tall, because she's not really been built up to this point. Like, she won the gauntlet match, but she came in last and got a roll-up on Raquel. Like, I felt like she needed, like, a dominant thing to be like, this is why Shayna could win. Whereas I'm still kind of feeling like uh, Shayna needs a little bit more rehab before she's there, you know? Uh, I, I kind of disagree in just that I think that Liv also needs to be built back up because that mm. finish at SummerSlam was so Ooh. the wrong finish. Yeah, that was bad. And they are still chanting, you tapped out at her every single week. And this is the one who was like, oh, she is the beloved babyface champion that everyone's really happy to see get her moment. Now everyone's like, nah, you're a loser. You lost. Yeah. You keep saying that you beat Ronda Rousey, but we know that you actually lost. Yeah. You kind of need to give her something mm. in these segments. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard balance when the, the babyface isn't being too babyfacey right now in the crowd. Are it's not tough being. when your, your women's championship matches two people that were never per- portrayed as top-level people on the main roster yeah, until a month ago. For sure, yeah. Um, the Usos were mad backstage at Sami Zayn for running away during the Drew McIntyre attack. Be like, the hell, man? What are you doing? He was like, no, I was gonna, I was running to get security. And he's like, don't have time for you. I'm going to go to the ring and we're going to call out Drew McIntyre. He's <laughs> like, okay. I wouldn't want to get on, them, on their bad side. Uh, Usos go out to the ring. They challenge Drew McIntyre to a tag team match. They go, pick any partner that you want. I don't care. We need a match right now. 
Drew McIntyre. The music immediately hit for <laughs> Drew, right? And I was like, that's really quick for Drew McIntyre to find a tag team partner. That doesn't make any sense. Drew McIntyre came out without a tag partner. I went, of course. All right. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course. Yeah. Um, it's perfect. It's perfect. Drew, such a hothead, came yeah. out and was just like, I don't need a tag partner. We're going to beat you both up. Uh, and because of that babyface fire, he got the upper hand initially. But then the Usos regained control because just want to point out again, they're the tag team champions mm-hmm. and they're a tag team and it's two on one. Mm-hmm. So they should be standing tall. You would think. You'd think. Um, but then after a little while, Drew did get a tag team partner. And I, I was curious, because for a little while, I was I was like half paying attention to the match, but I was more thinking, like, who's going to come out and be like Drew's partner here? Is it going to be another return from Triple H? Is it going to be someone like Sheamus? Is this going to be like another, like, reluctant team-up type oh, thing God. with them? break up the brawling brutes. Give oh, no further yeah. explanation. Don't draw attention to it. Just have Sheamus back up Drew. And Genuinely, because if you just had Sheamus back up Drew here, don't mention the brawling brutes. That's a great way to start rehabbing Sheamus, right? It wasn't that... It was um years after his debut. <laughs> Got to rehab him again. Yeah. Uh, it was Madcap Moss. Sure was. Which I specifically wrote in my notes. Madcap Moss is Drew's partner. I'm sure Tempest loves this. Loved it. Mm. Loved it. Yeah. They are so determined to protect this guy. Mm. And I don't really know why. <laughs> like, when we were either. watching him beat Austin Theory or have a DQ schmoz finish every week against Austin Theory, I was like, why? Mm. Why is this the guy that, the, that you've chosen to do this with? Not anybody else. Not Shinsuke Nakamura, number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship. None of that. You cannot beat Madcap Moss. And that continued with this match. It sure did, because the the weird thing is as well, is that Madcap Moss came out, and after his entrance, was irrelevant in the rest of the match. Mm-hmm. Didn't lead to any big spots. He was there getting worked over, led to a Drew hot tag. He got thrown over the barricade by the Usos. He couldn't even do that himself, which didn't play into the finish at all, and it was all about Drew and the Usos and Sammy, which should be the focus of this thing. It should be Drew, the Usos, and Sammy. So I don't know why you couldn't have Madcap lose here when he's not the focus of this story because he got taken out of it, came back in, Drew managed to hit a Claymore and win, right? Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn tried to do a distraction led to a really good near fall, but Drew hit a Claymore and won. So the Usos, your undisputed tag team champions, who are so good, they've held on to the titles for so long, the God most prestigious tag team ever lost... To a Franken team of Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. When they had a handicap match for half of it. They had a handicap match at the start of this thing. And they had distraction from Sami Zayn. They had help as well. The Usos shouldn't be losing this match. Not in a tag match. You can have them lose singles matches. Not a tag match. Because the tag team is specialists at tag team wrestling. That's how it works, right? I don't know why, if you don't want to pin Drew, he's your number one contender, makes sense, you shouldn't be pinning the Usos. There's another guy in this match yeah. called Madcap Moss. Pin him. Because you can have him have this, if Drew gets taken out of the match, some big spot from the Usos. They do like, you know, double super kicks and they get, they throw him over the timekeeper's area, whatever. He gets taken out of the match. Madcap Moss then has a big hope spot. Mm-hmm. And he starts firing back and people get behind and go, oh man, Madcap Moss is really fighting these two guys in one. Numbers game over comes in. Bang, double super kick, double splash. They pin Madcap Moss. And then after you do the Sammy bit where he pushes the Uso out of the way and you still get the Claymore moment. Like, it was. I know you probably didn't watch this Raw because this was pre-Triple H. But 
they did prior to SummerSlam. They did their uh, the Street Profits and R Truth against uh, uh, Amos and the Usos, and Amos pinned Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, and Luke and I were like, uh, "What? Like, <laughs> of all the combinations, that's the one you settled on? When yeah. there's an R Truth waiting to be pinned right there, Madcap Moss is in this match to get pinned." I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. Drew got the win, and then afterwards, we had the really good emotional bit, which I I really enjoyed, was him going for another Claymore, but Sammy pushed Jay out of the way, took the Claymore instead. Great. Love that. Love the furthering of Sammy's character. Yeah. That's great. I just don't know why you couldn't <laughs> pin Madcap Moss, and that really, like, threw me for this bit. It's the one bit that I really have a problem with on this show, because mm. the other stuff on this show I have, like, minor issues with. This, I feel like, is a pretty major stumbling block. Yeah. Pinning the undisputed tag team champions in a random unannounced match against a Franken team is a problem. That's a problem. Uh, maximum male models were backstage. Los Lotharios want to be signed to it. Max Dupree is like, no. But then they sidestep him and go, hey, Maxine Dupree, call us. It's a story for See, maximum male models. For once, they're now building to a match. And now I'm interested. Yeah. Because it has a point. Yeah. 100%. Down. I'm down with this. We got a great little video package for Shinsuke Nakamura versus Gunther, which really got me hyped for the main event. With the combination of the uh, Intercontinental video package they played earlier, and this one, I was like, damn, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this main event. This is going to be great. Mm -hmm. I'm well excited. Here's an ad break. Here's a recap of Ricochet from last week. Here's a backstage promo with Ricochet where he gets beaten up by Happy Corbin. Here's a video package of Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark ahead of their match. Here's the entrances from the main event, and here's another ad break. I'm like, guys! I thought we fixed this. <laughs> I thought, if you're going to build up my hype and be like, oh, it's next, can't wait for this, pay off on that hype. Mm -hmm. Don't just give me a load of fluff until we get to that bit. Just change the order of this stuff i i have no issue with the video package for nikita lines and zoe stuff i think that's a really good idea because people aren't going to know who they are mm -hmm. give them a video package ahead of the match next week fine you want to recap a ricochet and a little backstage promo to further the ricochet corbin feud fine do that somewhere else on the show just don't don't build up the hype for the main event and then not deliver the main event for ages afterwards it just really grinds my gears all right i hated it but what I loved was the main event itself. Hell yeah. Oh, this was so much fun. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Walter, Gunther, whatever, Walter. for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I thought this was a really fun match. There was some really stiff striking in this one. Lots of chops and kicks and brutal stuff. It was really, really good. Uh, built some great near falls as well. There was one where uh, Shinsuke just hit a knee straight in Walter's face. I was like, oh, God, like right on the yeah. chin. I was like, oh, wouldn't want to take that. Um, and he uh, tried to do a Kinshasa, counted into a big lariat, which was really nice. Uh, again, lots of chops. Love all of that. Uh, Gunther eventually managed to win. Did a drop kick to the back of Shinsuke's head and then did a powerbomb for the win. This was a great match. Walter's a perfect wrestler. Perfect wrestler. Perfect wrestler. He's a perfect wrestler. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I squeal at the thought at this match taking place in like 2015 or mm. something like that yeah you know when shinsuke nakamura was like the proper king of strong style would just stamp on your head and the yeah. whole deal this is obviously not the same shinsuke nakamura he's not the wrestler that he used to be but i thought that this match and walter in particular as an opponent really play into his strengths mm. because again 
I think his biggest problem on WWE has just been that he hasn't been able to wrestle his style. You know, his style is a lot of like very stiff strikes and mm-hmm. and such and such, which is not WWE's game plan whatsoever. Yeah. But going into a match with Walter, things are going to be a little bit more physical. And Walter's really great at selling. Like you don't think of him mm. as a great seller because he's he's the giant and everything. Yeah. But similar to Brock Lesnar, the big guy that can make the little guy look great by getting knocked off his feet is is excellent selling. And I thought this match did more to rehab the Intercontinental Championship than 10 years of people going, I'm going to bring prestige back to the Intercontinental Championship. Every single person. Never happened. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Miz. Your eight times with the belt didn't do the trick. But this, if done over a long period of time, is how you do that. Put the title in the main event. You put it in a match with good workers. And then you give them like 15 minutes to go out and have a good match that means something and is built up to and has a payoff. This is exactly what I want out yeah. of the mid-card titles in WWE. And we've only been at this for a couple weeks and Triple H is doing it. Yep. This good is, on you, man. Good this on is the, a great first step into rebuilding the IC title. And I think that if we just continue on this trajectory, we'll be all sunshine and rainbows before long. Uh, overall for this episode, I thought it was good. I thought I had my grievances with it. There were a couple of small things like the pacing, as I mentioned, the Madcap Moss stuff I didn't really enjoy. But I think pretty much everything else in the show was at least good with a great main event. Mm-hmm. I'd have given this a high three out of five, maybe low four, that sort of region, I'd say. I mean, per SmackDown standards, this is again what we discussed on, on yesterday's show. Where Go watch yesterday's show. Yeah. We talk about so many interesting things. The standards are now kind of sliding around for mm. these shows. So yeah. if I'm going based off of, if this was an episode of SmackDown that took place like two months ago, I might have given it like a five out of five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because it is better than what we've been used to where just SmackDown's been Aaliyah and Lacey Evans not wrestling and Sheamus and and Drew McIntyre not wrestling Mm -hmm. for four weeks in a row. This is a big upgrade from that. So compared to that, I'd probably give it like a four or five. But in terms of like, now that we're shifting into like, okay, I might start rating new shows like regular wrestling shows and not terrible wrestling shows, I'd say probably about a three out of five is, Mm -hmm. is about right. Yeah. Three out of five. It was a good show. Yes. This was a good show. This was a good show. Uh, Let's get into reviewing AEW Rampage, which will be quick this week, because hot damn, this was missable. Uh, This is the first time I've ever enjoyed SmackDown more than Rampage. Because the times, they are a-changin'. Put the, uh... Put the mark the date down. Yeah, this is a momentous day, the thirteenth of August, twenty twenty two. Tempest enjoyed SmackDown more than Rampage. Crazy. I enjoyed the thing on SmackDown, or I enjoyed a moment on Rampage more than anything on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. After that, yeah, there's a steep drop. So, the show started off really well because we had a Brian Danielson promo. Brian Danielson is a master of professional wrestling. In all aspects. Yeah. Came out and cut a fantastic promo, speaking about Daniel Garcia. And he was saying how loads of people have said since he's come back that they're going to end his career. But it's not going to end on Wednesday. Daniel Garcia comes out and interrupts him and says that I'm going to end your career on Wednesday. That's what I do. I'm the Dragon Slayer, etc. 
Danielson then fired back. Oh my god, I love this man. He fired back and was just saying, Do you really want to be the best technical sports entertainer? And then Daniel Garcia got like a bit like withdrawn in himself. He's like, oh god, I don't really know if I want to do that anymore. And he just grabs his face, points his towards it, he says, look at me when I'm talking to you. Every time a wrestler says that in a promo, it makes the promo better. <laughs> it's so good. And then he says, or do you want to be the best technical wrestler in the world? Oh, God, I want to see this match. So we've already seen this match, but damn, I want to see this match so much more. This, this has to be Daniel Garcia's entry hazing into Blackpool Combat Club, right? In some form, I'd have to think so. Yeah. Because, again, the, the reports or the speculation at the moment is that Brian Danielson's going to face Chris Jericho at All Out. Mm. So I would think that will somehow be a match for Daniel Garcia's heart. You know? Yeah. They're, it, not in the sense of, like, the stipulation is, you know, till death do you part match. <laughs> Whoever wins gets to marry Daniel Garcia. No, it's not going to be like that. No. But I think it will be a match that at the end you will maybe see a change of alliance. Yeah. Something like that. But, man, like, this was a master class of a promo and how yeah. to put over your opponent and still make yourself look good and also build to a match. Yeah. Ooh, Brian Danielson is a perfect wrestler. And the thing is, I cut out like the first little bit of that interaction with Garcia, um, just for for expediency's sake. But Danielson was like super fired up, being like, "I watched this guy when he was nineteen in front of two hundred and fifty people, and I saw potential in him that I hadn't seen in years." And he's getting proper fired up and shouting, and I'm like, "I buy everything you're saying, Danielson." Every time he starts shouting in a promo, I'm like, "I love him, I want him." <laughs> <laughs> um. What oh, a promo. What a Great promo. build for Dynamite. Loved it. Great segment. Then the rest of the show happened. Mm. Um, which started off with uh, Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin and Sky Blue for the intergender, intergender tag titles, uh, the AAA ones. It was a fine match. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun little, fun little affair. It was cool. Ty got the win with the Ty KO. Yeah. Cool. Not a whole lot else to it. I'm glad to see Sky Blue in a match that will go longer than like two minutes. You know? Yeah. Just being able to showcase herself on national TV. Mm -hmm. That is cool. I'm glad to see that. That yeah. being said, like I felt like this match was kind of inconsequential. Yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to see these belts again. You know? Like a lot of these belts just kind of come and go as mm -hmm. they're needed. And this kind of feels like that. I don't know how many other uh, intergender teams we're going to see made up in, in AEW. Maybe we'll see a few. Maybe they want to showcase this sort of thing on TV more. Maybe. Maybe. That being said, I don't see it happening. I think this is just a match for Rampage. And it was mm. fine. But it does feel not even like a B show this week. No. This was like a C show. This was dark. Yeah. This one. Uh, Parker Boudreaux then squashed Sunny Kiss. He looks so uncoordinated. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my tweet. I tweeted just like a reaction to a clip of him on Dark. Of just him like running corner to corner and then back. And like, you know, hitting a stinger splash or whatever. Yeah. It's the most discombobulating thing I've ever seen. At any moment, he looks like he's just going to fall flat on his face. Mm. Like, it somehow looks like the top half of his body is moving faster than the bottom <laughs> half of his body. I don't... It was so odd. 
is so odd. He needs more time. Yeah. Boudreaux got the squash win. People were into Sunny Kiss. Yeah. They want to see Sunny Kiss get her get her chance to shine, you know? Absolutely. And she should. And maybe she will now. Yeah, maybe. As a heel, but yeah. better than nothing. Spoilers. Um, Andrade Alilo cut a promo. Something about private party. They're going to wrestle Keith Lee and Swerve in a non title yeah. match. That's cool. It'll Beard. probably be good. Yeah. Uh, Beardhausen then faced the Ass Boys. Yes, they did. The Gun Club won. All right. So we discussed on the AEW Dynamite review this week. We did. That I think part of the reason why these shows have gotten a little bit of backlash as of late, just a little bit less enjoyment from the general populace, I would say. Of course, I think there are a lot of reasons for that. I think a big one is just how much time is being given to people like the Ass Club. You know, like, between Jay Lethal and his crew that are on TV every week and the gun club that are on TV, like, twice a week, it feels like, you take, like, 75% of their segments away and give them to the people like Miro and Andrade and Malachi Black or your entire women's division, and I think these shows would improve. Yeah. And for a long time, I was like, "Ah, I just don't get the ass, boys. It's just me or whatever. But that was when they would be like, oh, they show up every once in a while and they win 20 matches on Dark and then they get a title shot on TV. They lose to the Lucha Brothers and that's it. Easy enough. Or they lose to Jurassic Express and that's Mm -hmm. it. Now they're on TV twice a week and I'm sick of it. I have lost patience with this because the acclaimed thing is done. They lost. And yet we're still getting these ass boys segments. And there are so many better uses of this TV time. And maybe that's harsh. But, like, I'm sorry, but there is a very deep roster in front of you. And I don't understand the fascination with these two asses. (laughs) These two asses. Billy Gunn had to interfere in this match. And then afterwards he was like, you've got another match on Dynamite. Maybe you can prove yourselves there. And it's against the Varsity Blondes. That's my piss break match. I'm happy when there's none, when there isn't one on Dynamite, mm. but there will be this week. Yeah. Goodness me. They heard we were reviewing it. They did. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, Swerve and our glory cut a promo. I love Keith Lee. He He's can make great. drinking water look majestic. He can. He's amazing. Hook. Oh, no. Hook then came out for a segment very, very quickly, because we are going to run over the show if I don't hurry oh. up. When they say the FCW Championship isn't officially recognized by AEW, what does that mean? Because it is a title that you promote that is challenged for and changes hands on AEW programming. What do you mean it's not officially recognized? And then Tony Schiavone comes out and he's like, well, I'm hearing that the FTW title is a, an open challenge formula. How can it be an open challenge if it's not an official belt? What does that mean, AEW? The only thing I can come up with is that, like, the rankings don't apply to them. But, like, the rankings don't apply to any of the other belts from other promotions that are on this show. Yeah. You know? And those ones know. are recognized. Yeah. I don't know. Just what don't mention it. Mean? If there's just a belt, it's just the Taz belt. Yeah. You can just say, yeah, it's it's Taz's belt. 
That's you know? fine. That's fine. I don't need to keep being told. It's like, well, it's not recognized. Not officially recognized on AEW. But when nothing changes on the program because of it. Yeah. Anyway, Hook then said that it's an open challenge, and open challenge it was because a man called Zach Clayton came out and said, I want that belt, and they're going to have a match next week on Rampage. Who is Zach Clayton? Apparently, he was on, like, the late year's reunion seasons of Jersey Shore. I've seen all the seasons of Jersey Shore. I don't know who you are, bud. Apparently, he's Jay Wow's husband. I learned that this morning. I don't know who that is. She was on TNA once. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's a wrestling couple, turns out. She cool. Was on TNA. Oh, that was a great moment. I wish Luke was here. He, we would gush about it. I'm sure you would. Sure. Anyway, Zach Clayton versus Hook next week. And then we had the main event of Ari Davari versus Orange Cassidy. Which was fine. It was a perfectly fine opening match that happened to be the main event. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Kiss turned heel afterwards. I'm really glad Sonny Kiss is getting more TV time. Yeah. I have no interest in this uh, stable yeah. at yeah, all. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Like, this this rampage was very clearly set up to be like, well, we need to introduce who the trust busters are mm. for this tournament. I don't think you needed to at all. No. Just show, like, a highlight pack of them from Dark or whatever and then have them lose to best friends. Yeah, because like, they are going to lose to best friends. Yeah. This was such a waste of a show. It, it feels so... Uh, I want to say backwards, I think, for me, because I feel like AEW is looking at all of their established stars that they have and they go, well, they're established, so we don't need to fe feature them anymore because they're established. So we're going to feature all the people that aren't established and build them up, which doesn't make sense... Because they're not going to be built up because your shows are going to feel completely worthless. They're not interacting with any of the people that are built up. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, uh, there you're, was like you're not featuring any person, of the stars. You there's know? one person on this show that was built up and it was Daniel Garcia being put next to the established star. Exactly. You know? Because the, the getting the wins and getting the reps in and uh, finding your style in the ring and all that, that's what Dark's for. Yeah. That's what Dark Elevation is for. Dynamite and Rampage are for the big stories and all that, supposedly. Yeah. I I gotta say, this show has gone on a journey the last year. Mm. I really preferred Rampage when it was just three matches that were all like a 15-minute match, a 10-minute match, and a 20-minute main event. Yeah. And they were all like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Or, God damn, it's been a year. <gasps> God damn it. Brian Danielson and... You know, the various other great, like the Pack and Andrade series that mm. was on Rampage. Like yeah. this show had, and it still does have good matches. Yeah. Fairly frequently. Remember when Rampage was the Hook show? Yeah. And we were so excited every week and we'd be like, Hook has a match. I can't wait to see it. And this week it's like, Hook gets interrupted by Zach Clayton and you're yeah. like, ah, all right. Yeah. You know, it just, it, I don't want to sound harsh and I don't want to be hyperbolic. This was a week that Tony Khan gave up on Rampage. Mm. Whether he will give up on the series, I doubt it, because, you know, it's it's on TV. You yes. can't quite just do that. <laughs> yeah. But this was a week that he did not put his best matches forward. No. And I would not be surprised at all if this was, like, the lowest rated Rampage of all time. I can't imagine it not being, aside mm. from, like, the ones that were on at really weird times. Yeah. Uh, for a Rampage, this sucked. Yeah, this was... a. This was a boo-boo-ass episode of Rampage. Yeah. After that mixed tag, there was, like, nothing worth talking about. Yeah, which is just really disappointing, honestly. Uh, two out of five. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. If, there, if the promo wasn't on it, this might have been a one out of five show. Yeah. 
which She's... is just like that's AEW standards talking. Yeah, but like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, oh, like, sorry, with this roster, uh, you got to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into the last of your Ultra Chats, we need to say thank you to some very special people. Those are our $25 and above pledge hammers over on our Patreon page. If you've not been to our Patreon page yet, you should. Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Loads of extra bonus content. We upload a new thing every Wednesday. Loads of bonus content. And uh, if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show, much like this one. So thank you to Hannah A, baby. Woo. Yeah. Jordy Bus Driver, Harry. Yeah. The Overstepper, James Nepper. Yeah. Murderous, James Murtaugh. Yeah. WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Yeah. Oh, your favorite. Viernes el Decimoter... Ah, damn it, I'm... Oh, it's Almost so close. Viernes el... I haven't read it in a while. Yeah. Decimoterocero, mm. Jason Gutierrez. Close enough. Ah, I tried. <clears throat> Spoken class today, Jeremy Smith. Yeah. John Jenkerson, son of Jenker. Golden John Molden. The easiest name to pronounce, Josh Rosowskis. Breaking news, Justin Adelheitz. And Justin the Human Godzilla, Wustrak. Thank you so much, all of our pledge hammers on our Patreon page. Really do appreciate it. Let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here. Uh, last chance to send those into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Going to read all the ones that are five US dollars and up by the time the show goes off the air. Tails P said, uh, I hope they start calling her finish the Raquel Bomb because it feels weird to go from calling it the Chingona Bomb, which means bad asterisks, to the Tejada Bomb, which means lime. I think it's Tehana, like Texan, T-E-X-A-N-A, I want to say, or T-E-J-A-N-A. I don't know. Uh, are we finally getting a uh, Maximum Male Models match? Seems Soon. like it. Yeah. Looks like it. Yeah, hoping. Clash at the Castle pre-show. Uh, <laughs> Vandalia1998 said, uh, I was just wondering if you heard any difference in the commentary in the Triple H era, especially if they aren't being whis- whispered to all the time, unless they still are. I've heard a couple of differences here and there. Yeah. It's not major, but there's a few no- noticeable differences. Michael Cole feels like he's had a weight lifted off of his yeah. shoulders. He's still Absolutely. Michael Cole. He's still not my favorite commentator by any means, but, like, it doesn't feel like he's being yelled at for two hours. Mm, yeah. Mary Painesville Dan said, On Madcap Moss, please listen to the William Regal podcast. It's absolutely fascinating, and personally, if Regal says someone is amazing, he probably is. In there, he praises the hell out of Madcap Moss and says he is insanely good. Hopefully, Triple H can show us. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm all for it. If if there's a, a change in how he's presented or whatever, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Kevin says, uh, I guess you can call me Evan now. <laughs> I agree with Pete on Shayna standing tall. I'd add that the counter from twisting the arm into the bulldog could have been saved for the match itself and show that Liv turned a weakness into a strength. That's yeah. that's valid. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Damien Gilliam said, nobody. Me. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford in the House of Black. It makes so much sense. Kip and Miro have their history. Kip and Pac have been having a thing subtly, but it's there. With his muscle gain and Ford's aesthetic, it writes itself in my eyes. Does it? 
I, I'm glad sure. that you've got your pitch. I do not want to see Kip Sabian anywhere near the House of Black. No, not at all. No. That's a, that's a note from me, Chief. Yeah. Uh, Damien Gillum continues, also nobody. Also me. Everyone wants Montez as a huge singles competitor, but without Tez, Dawkins would get lost. Nothing against him, but he doesn't have enough oomph to be relevant solo, so perhaps putting him with Hit Row could remedy that. Again, I'm not getting any uh, of this. I, I've seen more out of Angelo Dawkins in the last, like, two months than, like, I don't know, a long time previously. Like, he's mm. been great as of late. Yeah. Having really good performances on Raw. And I don't really see a fit with him in Hit Row besides that one obvious thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't see it. It's a different energy. Yeah. Like, I don't they're They're like a hip-hop group. Whereas these guys are something completely different, yeah. you know? I was going to say they are street prophets, which, <laughs> yes, obviously. Yes. But that's what they are, you know? Yeah. Uh, Nick Corvello says, hey, Pete and Tempest, I didn't get to ask on the Dynamite stream. With the numerous times either Young Bucks or Andrade and Roosh have caused Penta to be unmasked, do you feel we're headed towards a mask versus hair match with Penta losing and unmasking? No. I no, but I think it could be something neat. Like at one point, I think AEW would like to do a mask versus hair type deal because that is a really big deal in Lucha Libre and everything. Like that's a big drawing card. Maybe if they do a show in like Southern California or, you know, Southern Texas or something like that and they need a big main event build up to, I think there's a possibility at least. Yeah. I don't think Penta should unmask. I think he'd lose a lot of yeah. the mystique of Penta if he did. I would agree. Uh, Nick Corvello said, hey, Pete, nope, that's the one I just read. Kevin said, uh, I totally agree with Tempest. That's been my complaint with AEW since January. They spend too much time on stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be on Dynamite, Lethal, Guns, Seidel, and they don't give enough time to important stories on their show. That sums it up. I yeah. wouldn't include Matt Seidel in that personally. I don't think he's on TV like too much. He's not really not. He's barely on Rampage, yeah. let alone Dynamite. But... Hey-ho. Uh, Roy Zhang said, uh, This is the worst Rampage in a long time. The pure opportunity cost of guys like the Trustbusters and the Ass Boys, while we had one women's all week, is insane. And why sign a pure developmental guy like Boudreaux? This is such end-stage TNA booking. Hey, <sighs> those are heavy words to throw, throw around. Mm. But I sure don't... I did not get this week's Rampage. I did not get it at all. No. I'll be honest. No, me neither. Uh, Charles Berg said, I'm going to watch this later. I know, you're devastated, but I'm prepping a very luxurious sushi dinner, Ooh. and before anybody scoffs, I have photos. I can guarantee it's way better than you'd first think. If you don't believe me, I'll prove it. Jam that jam. I think a sushi dinner sounds lovely. Sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am jealous. That's what I am. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for the Ultra Chats, and that is going to do it for this episode of the WrestleTalk Podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Really do appreciate it. If you haven't already, like the video, subscribe, stay tuned for more content coming soon. We'll be back with more reviews next week. It's going to be me and Tim is still on the AEW reviews next week as well. Though, just kidding, because I'm away next week. I just remembered about that. It's my birthday next week, so I'm I'm not going to be here. So Happy it's going to be, I think it's you and Adam doing the Dynamite review next week. Uh, I think maybe. Adam is doing Smackdown next week Smackdown I think he's Rampage. doing both He might be doing both I think it's sure. Adam on Dynamite and Smackdown on Rampage next week so Hey everybody loves the Adam love Look forward to that uh, So yeah stay tuned Subscribe etc We'll see you guys in more videos Take care Jam that jam Goodbye LIW for life Bye
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.